Pets Are Life with Brent and Jeff. Who's the only one here who knows the illegal ninja moves from the government? This is the Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Are you excited? I know I am. (laughs) And uh, we are moving along in our Philippians series. Tonight we're going to be finishing chapter two as we plot away through our, I think this is our fifth episode, is that right, in our Philippians series? Four, five. Five. Philippians five five. with a PH, just like the Philadelphia Phillies and the Philly fanatic, the Philippian five. Uh, this is the altar life with the pH. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sorry. Um, we're really excited that we've been able to get through this much of Philippians. And if you're just joining us, welcome. This is the altar life with Brent and Jeff. We're here every week without fail, bringing you the word of God and great music to jam to. I don't know many other shows that, you know, teach the word and also play this kind of great music at the same time. I don't. It's, so, I dare you to find another show. If you know one, let us know because we'd like to copy some stuff off. Of them. <laughs> we'd uh, like to network with them and say, "Can we steal, can we steal everything that? you do?" <laughs> no, just it's all for the kingdom, brother. <laughs> you can't get mad. There's no intellectual property when God's concerned. It's all His, right? It's all His intellect. <laughs> Good. Who, thank who you. knows the mind of Christ? <laughs> but when you find it, we'll steal it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we have the mind of Christ in the pages of Scripture, and we're excited to be able to delve into Philippians tonight. And and um, we have a great, great topic for tonight. Um, great, great chapter here, and the end of verse, uh, end of chapter two in Philippians. And um, so we want to keep it locked right here. And and like Jeff said, we have some great music. And now looking ahead here, we've got some uh, some old school stuff from John Rubin and Plank Eye, and uh, but you know, double play from Switchfoot and others. So uh, you want to keep it locked right here. We know. That guy will be present because whenever we open his word and whenever we talk of his word, right, he's faithful to communicate to us. And whether, no matter what you're going through tonight, no matter what's going on, whether you're just listening for the first time or um, you're like, what is this show? These guys are really dumb. You're right. But God's word is awesome. And um, we hope to be able to communicate some truth tonight as long as have some have a lot of fun playing some great music. And hopefully the music ministers to you well. <laughs> Jeff on the ultralight. Stay rock. All right, that was Nuisance by John Rubin featuring Matt Tiefson from Reliant K. And uh, you love that song, even though it's older. You gotta love it, John Rubin. Uh, we're gonna kick it off in verse 12 of chapter 2 of Philippians. If you have your Bibles, if you're at home, if comfortable. If not, when you're driving around, keep your hands on the wheel, eyes forward, but ears open. <laughs> uh, verse 12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's an astounding thing for Paul to say right off the bat there. It says, you've always obeyed, not just when I'm around, but even more so you've obeyed when I'm not around, which usually I think that's the other way around with most people. When there's like, you know, someone really super spiritual, you want to act like them when they're around so that they're impressed and you get in on the inside. But he's saying, you guys are, you obey the things that I'm teaching you even more so now that I'm not here. That's pretty amazing. And he says, but we're, I encourage you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What is that? <laughs> I think that we could stop right there and have a whole episode about that. What does working out your salvation mean? Like, wait, I thought God, Jesus, it said it is finished on the cross. Yeah. But there are also things that he's called us to do works that he's 
prepared for us to do. So, you know, let's talk about that for a little bit, I think. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like how he points, he says, your own salvation. And I think that's the key, too, here in this, in this because he says, I've left you, I'm absent from you. So work out your own salvation, you know. So often if we grow up, I know I grew up in a Christian home and I had um, a lot of ideals and things that were taught to me, not only from my parents, but from youth group and stuff, you know, I had a lot of stuff that I knew to be true. However, you know, it wasn't until like I had to work out my own salvation, you know, what is, what do I really believe this in my own heart? Um, And fear being reverence to the Lord, you know, and the trembling, not that we're supposed to be deathly scared of God, but, um, you know, there's a reverence and there's a respect there that's like, work that out in your own heart, you know? And, um, of course, Paul came to the Philippians and told them a lot of good stuff and they believed him. And, uh, but he's challenging them, not just to take what I'm saying, but work that out, work that salvation out with a fear of the Lord, a reverent fear of the Lord. Um, because it's, it's important that they own that. They own that faith, right? But working out your fear and trembling we were talking about, and then there's a colon, which I like, says, and keep reading. I guess that's a semicolon. My eyes are blurry tonight. Yeah. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Isn't that great? Yeah. I love that verse because I'm glad he's doing the work because if I was doing the work... Um, it wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but God's the one working it out, right? He's working, you know, it says work out your fear, your the salvation with fear and trembling. But he says, for it is God who actually is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. See, God's, God's got a plan for your life, you know. And um, it was back in uh, verse 6 where he, he, he encourages him and he says, you know, there's a good work that he started that he's going to be faithful to complete until the day of Jesus Christ. He's working things out in us. Isn't that great? Like, he just doesn't save us and then say, okay, um, that's it. Now I'm moving on to the next person. Like, yeah. No, he saves us and he continues to work out what we believe. He works out our faith. He works out our doctrine. And he's not doing it just so that we can be um, perfect because we're never going to be perfect. He's working that out because he's got a will, he's got a plan for our life, and it's good. And he, he's working it out so he's pleased. Like it's for his pleasure, it's for his glory, and he's doing that um, so that he can be honored and glorified. And I love that because it's at the end of the day, you know, we can be his praise. We can be the praise of his glory. Isn't that great? All right, that was "Blame" by Eager. And those last few songs we played it just transitions us into the next few verses. But as we were talking about. Working out the salvation. I think we read that, and I know even me when I read that, I think like, okay, I have to like works based salvation. Like you, we get that word work, and we think, oh no, what does that mean? And it's cool because my my study Bible says that it's a Greek term, and the word is translated um, by first century author Strabo to speak of digging silver out of silver mines. So it's almost like it's not like you have to work it out, like figure it out. But it's it is kind of like figure it out. I, I think of it as like a math problem. Like the answer is always the answer. Like it's already, but we have to kind of piece it together. And it's all for us because God did the work. But He's encouraging the Philippians to like search it out. Like continue to dig and find those treasures. That is the wonder of salvation. You know what I mean? We see those verses all the time in Scripture where it's like the mysteries that we're going to consistently guide. You know, God's going to open our eyes to see things that we've never seen before. He's going to make things known to us that we've never known before. You know, work it out. Dig those tr- those truths out. And it, it's 
if, if anything, Brent and I were just talking about this before the show. Even being Christian, I've been a Christian for 20 years, 25 years or whatever, since I was a little kid. And now I'm learning things and truths that I've never known before. And it's because of that working it out. And I think God, he gets such pleasure out of it. You know what I mean? And that's why it says in verse 14, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless. And that's what we played those last few songs. I can't complain, blameless, you know, just tying in the show. Do all things without complaining and disputing. That's like, I think we all get struck with the arrow and we fall down dead when we hear those those uh, encouragements from Paul, exhortations as it were. It's just, I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he's coming into just a, what it looks like to be a, a true servant of Christ here. But um, I love that. He's talking about this this thing he's working out in us for his will and his good pleasure. And then he's like, it seems like to me when I was reading this, it seems like it's a little bit out of nowhere. Do all, And so therefore do all things without complaining and disputing. It's like, wait a minute. Like, were they complaining and disputing? And you know, you were just, you know, we were just trying to figure out how to work out our salvation and understanding that you're doing this in our lives. But he's taking it to a heavenly perspective. Like, you know, I've, I've actually put you on this earth to please me and to honor me. And to accomplish things that I've set forth for you to accomplish. So if I'm throwing things at your life, why are you complaining about it? Right? <laughs> We're going to keep talking about that on the other side. Tonight in Philippians 2, and we've been talking about God working out his will and his good pleasure in our lives. And he's encouraging, Paul's encouraging the Philippians here to do all things without complaining and disputing. For the end that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked I love that word crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world and I was thinking about you know I work with a lot of um, I work with some people who like to complain they like to tell you why their life's not doing so well and how this is just oh can you believe that this is happening this way and oh to go on and on and on about how bad things are. And, um, you know, woe is me, right? We, yeah. all, we all get in that. Like, yeah. I'm very guilty of that myself. Like, I look at my life and I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe I don't have this. I can't believe I'm going through this. I can't believe this is happening in my life. And he's saying, don't, don't complain. Don't argue about this and complain about this because this is ultimately, I mean, do you believe the verse that says, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose? That's what he's doing here, right? He's working out his will for his good pleasure. It's, it's for his purposes that he's working these things out. So why are we complaining about these things? It should be because our flesh is involved. doesn't mean we always have to be happy, but we should be recognizing that these things are going to produce the furtherance of working out our salvation, the furtherance of bringing pleasure to his name. It's going to produce that, like Jeff's saying, it's going to help dig into the heart and pull out that refined silver that precious that precious stuff that um uh that's going to come to the top and it's going to glorify him and at the end of the day what it shines like a light right in this perverse and corrupt generation yeah it's like you you work it how do you get the diamonds and all these things and the 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 beautiful silver that you have in your or your mom's silver whatever silverware i'm <laughs> like word line feed it you get that varnish, you know, and you, you just shine that thing, and so it shines. It's good. Shining as lights in the world. 
because the world is crooked, it's perverse, and God wants us to be separate. He wants us to be without fault, blameless, harmless. You know, it's interesting because it's similar to when Jesus sends out the, the, the apostles. You know, before they're the apostles and they're just the disciples because they hadn't been sent out yet. He says, you know, behold, I, I set you as sheep among wolves. And I want you to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. And I think that a lot of times as Christians, we like to do a lot of harm. Like we get our sword out and we're just like hacking people. We like that part of, I was just, I'm in first Samuel myself. We like it when it says, and Samuel hacked Agag to pieces before the Lord. I'm like, yeah, God, I'm just going to get my sword of the spirit and I'm going to hack the world to pieces. Before but, you. Yeah, before you. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> Paul is encouraging. He's like, listen, do all things without complaining and disputing. Be blameless and harmless shining as a light in the world not shining as a pickaxe to the world <laughs> or the gleam of the axe as it's coming down that's not our job our job isn't to be the one that chops through our job is to shine the light of christ to the world jesus said you are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden and it's so important for us to allow god to work in our lives so that we can shine and to do those things and you know we're not off the hook either we're accountable to what's been given to us if god gives us you know revelation if god gives us benefits and blessings then we're accountable to be responsible with what he's given us you know he's faithful in the least will be given more or something like that uh, you know like but if we're not, if we're like oh god's just taking care of it we're we're all hands off about it we're not going to shine we're not going to be able to stand in the middle of a generation that is perverse and crooked and he goes on and says, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Paul makes it personal. You know, he's saying we got to hold fast so that I can see what, what's going on and I will realize that my work wasn't in vain because you guys are taking the, the baton and running with it. Yeah, we, it's funny. We want to shine his lights all the time. and we, we always we pray, God, you know, shine your light in my life so I can be, you know, I can share the good news with other people in this crook, perverse generation. And we actually pray that prayer. And then um, we go to work and we complain about it. You know, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, well, now we're just like everybody else. And how are we going to shine? Like, you know, if you had a whole room full of candles and then you turned your candle on, it wouldn't, no one would notice, right? But if you were the only candle lit in a dark room, it would be really obvious who was lit up and who wasn't. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. You know, we've been talking about lighting up and shining as a light. You know, and I was just thinking, there's got to be some sort of power source for a light to, you know, when you light a candle, it's the flame that, that you see, right? When you turn on a light in your in your kitchen, there's electricity that lights up a light bulb and there's a, there's a power source, right? And, um, you know, I love, I'm, I'm, I love this because he says, don't complain and dispute that you may become harmless. It's almost like, God's going to give you the power to shine as a light. He's going to be the power in your light to shine through you, you know, as you work things out, as you work that salvation out, as you cling on to the word of life, as you not complain and dispute, as you, as you step out in faith, right? His power fills you and his power actually enables you to shine like the stars. And it's, it's cool because there's so many times, and you you know, these people who like Christians and they have great intentions, right? But they want to share the gospel so much that they just like, it's like always, it's just like, it seems like it's awkward all the time. Like, you know, 
and it's like because they're trying to do all that and trying to do all that in their own strength right but there's so many times where we cannot even say a word and God's shining through us and you just people meet meet, you know these guys who like you meet and you're like that guy's been with Jesus like I'm thinking it's like Moses on on, you know he comes down and he's glowing right because the power of God lit him up he's been with the Lord you know and oh I want that in my life to be shining so big that it's obvious I've been with the Lord and there's something different about me anyway we'll see you on the other side you're unbelievable the this is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, that was To Shine For You by Ever Stays Red to kick off Hour 2. And what better time to have our unbelievable segment than right this minute. Right now. Let's do it. Yeah, and, you know, in, in the, keeping with our topic tonight, shining his lights, lightning bolts... And thunderstorms. Bam. We just did the six degrees of separation right there. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight's unbelievable topic. We're going to talk about those completely sudden, out of the blue, end of the world thunderstorms that happen in the summertime. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) you're on the playground. You're like, (laughs) running to the swings. And all of a sudden, it just comes. You see these clouds that look like every end of the world movie you've ever seen (laughs) i liken it to like the ten commandments and the angel of death when he comes it's just like this you hear like this (laughs) like underneath like all the music you're like what is that sound there's like massive wind and um sand and stuff just (laughs) flying around and small children are flying down the street in the wind and you're in the middle of like a city and somehow there's like what do they call them? The, the tumbleweeds. Bramble, bramble bushes. Tumbleweeds. Like, flying, yeah, tumbleweeds and stuff. You're like, what is happening? It's like that movie <laughs> Twister. It's like you know, the cow flies by. Yeah. There's debris. Debris. <laughs> but that's a that's a crazy feeling. That time when like you know the storm's about to hit, but it's not there. But yeah. you see the pre the pre symptoms of yeah. that, like the symptoms <laughs> of the storm coming. There's no warning. It's no, crazy. It just happens. And, and you're like, did you hear that lightning crash? I distinctly think it said my name. It's coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> like the leaves turn upside down on the right. trees. Oh, and you're yeah. like, wait, why are those leaves white? They used to be green. It's like, I don't know how how it happens, but the wind knows like, okay, push the leaves this way. And, and then, it's and it's three o'clock in the morning and you think it's an eclipse. Yeah. Like you think <laughs> it's actually like, it's so dark. It's like nighttime. Yeah. But it's like, Scott's like, that was like greenish yeah. gray. And you're like, this is so weird. And then just like that, it's over. Right. Like it, all of a sudden the clouds part. And it's like, you hear birds like, you hear, but like, I think most summer days have that in the forecast because of the humidity. <laughs> and it's always it's like possible tea storm. <laughs> tea storms. It's like a bad rapper's name. He's like an old college buddy. It's <laughs> like, yo, what's up, tea storm? How's it going, man? He's <laughs> like, this is my friends, Ralph, John, and my buddy tea storm over there. <laughs> Say hi to my mom, tea storm. <laughs> How you doing, Mr. McGillicuddy? <laughs> it's just like college because you'd have a party and there was always that guy who most likely would come. That's like the tea storm guy. <laughs> yeah. he, just, he most likely would come. When he comes, it just changes the dynamic of the party completely. <laughs> Much like an actual thunderstorm changes the dynamic of your exactly. outdoor there parties in go. the summer. <laughs> so uh, make sure you have alternate plans when you plan on having an outdoor party in the summer. <laughs> Believe me, it's worth it. We're in Philippians 2 tonight where you've been talking about um, this passage of scripture starting in verse 12 where 
You know, he says he encouraged the Philippians to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and that God is working those things out for his will and for his good pleasure, which is a comfort that he's actually the one doing the work in our lives and he encourages us not to complain and dispute things so we can be we can shine as lights and Paul ends that passage saying, you know, saying I want to be able to rejoice in the day of Christ that I can look at the Philippians, right? I can look at you and the work that I have done in my life and I I can be confident that I wasn't running in vain. I didn't labor in vain. You know, and Paul's writing this. This is one of the prison apostles. So Paul's in prison writing this. And it's, and it's interesting because from that perspective, he's sitting there looking at these people going, you know, man, you know, of course, even in Philippians, right, he was in the, the jail, <laughs> like that story in Acts, you know, the yeah. where he's there and um, the big earthquake happens and the, the prison opens up and everybody stays, you know, the story. Um but there he is in prison looking and saying, I, I want to be confident that the, the work that I've done, the, the, what I've chased after, it's not in vain. And um, that you got it. <laughs> and that you've been useful in the kingdom. Yeah, and uh, Balto uses this terminology a lot in, in the word, uh, in his epistles, when he says, I don't want to have run in vain. Everything, you know, why would we... Basically, basically you're going to see, like, people are willing to lay down their lives... For the sake of the gospel. And Paul's saying, I want to make sure. I know it's worth it, but I want to make sure that it's worth it in your life. Like, I want you to come to the fulfillment of all those promises, all these things that I've imparted to you, whether from this jail cell or in person. I want you to take full advantage of that, holding fast the word of life, because I want to rejoice and be like, yep, that's mine. (laughs) And not taking the glory from God, but glorying in the fact that God worked through him to accomplish that which he had called him to do. And that's what Paul's just like, I just want to do it. I just want to do whatever God had for me and I want to take hold of it. And we'll talk about that as we move into chapter three in the next few episodes. So stay tuned. We got lots more music for you coming up in the next few minutes. If you miss The Altar Life, log on to www.thealtarlife.com and listen to the most recent episodes. All right, that was The Lost Get Found by Britt Nicole. And Paul moves on here and he says, Yes, (laughs) and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. He's saying, you know, we're both going to experience hardship for our faith, you know, and we're going to pour out our lives. We're going to go on here from here and read about these examples of these guys who, you know, serve to the point of not fearing their death, you know, like they're willing to give everything they have for the cause of Christ. And he's saying, you know, if that, if, if, if I'm poured out and I'm, you know, ultimately die for my faith and die for your faith in this and die for the sake of you serving, um, rejoice with me. It's like, what a what a heavenly perspective, right? To look at our circumstances and say, look, who cares what happens to me in this earthly frame that I'm in? But if it is all for the kingdom's glory and for what God had purposed in that, then rejoice with me. Don't be sad where I'm at. Rejoice that I'm here because it's for the benefit of the kingdom. And, um, I'll tell you, like, I'm not there yet. Like, I look at my own life and I work, you know, I get frustrated when things aren't quite comfortable for me, right? Um, but what does it mean to lay down your life for the sake of Christ? And um, if that was in front of you, what would you choose? 
you know? Would you labor that way, or would you fear away from that? You're listening to The Alpha Life with Brent and Jeff. Paul then moves into a new section where he starts to um, introduce these new characters to, to the Philippian church. In verse 19, he says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy, who, if you've listened to The Altar Life, you know much about Timothy now. We've been through First and Second Timothy. You can go back and read our blogs on our website if you wanted to get some information about Timothy. Um, he says, That I also may be encouraged when I know your state. So he's sending Timothy out to kind of give him a report, bring back. Um, for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. He's like, there's nobody like Timothy. He's the only one that I can trust to send out and that will love you and care for how you're doing just as much as me for all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. And I'm wondering, I don't know when things are written and all that stuff, but, uh, you know, we see, we see that Paul deals with that among his own people, his own disciples, where they go and they, st- you know, Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. And, um, yeah, I think in Second Timothy it talks about we t- we had the forsaken servant episode. How he says, you know, all forsook me, you know, but God stood with me. Paul couldn't trust in people, but here he is. He's shining this light, you know, no pun intended, on Timothy, this guy who is willing to stand as a light in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation that was leading God's people away. For all seek their own, you know. We parallel parallel this verse. 221 to Philippians 121 which was for me to live as Christ and to die as gain that's where Paul was then you look at the contrast it says for all seek their own not the things which are of Christ Jesus and you know it's kind of like one of those verses that stands out like John 666 you know and at that moment his disciples followed him no more and they went away you know like it's like this like heavy verse and uh, you know Paul setting up Timothy says but you know his proven character that as a son with his father he served with me in the gospel you know it's really important that he sets this example up of someone who's shining a light and uh, we have more music for you and Brent has some things to say that he will share in the next segment as Jeff was saying Timothy I love how Paul describes him he's a man he's who's has a proven character and it's not just a proven character of he's a faithful old chap no, he's a he's a proven character that he served with Paul in the gospel. And in contrast, he was not someone who s- sought his own or sought his own comfort or his own motives or desires, but he was thinking about things of Christ. Like I don't know, I I looked at my own life. I'm looking at my own life now and I'm just just thinking like do I spend my life looking in, in the pursuit of the gospel, looking to pour my heart out, my life out as a drink offering, you know, as a sacrifice to the Lord. Is that is that the the motivation of my life? Or is the motivation of my life how I can get myself in a position where I'm more comfortable, getting myself in a position where I'm I'm richer, I'm I've got all the gadgets that I need, I got all the stuff that I need. I I'm always worried am I always worried about the next thing that I think I need for my flesh to make it feel good? Or am I really worried about like Lord, what what is it that I can do to furtherance the gospel? What is it that, what is it that I can do that is what you want to work out in me according to your will and to your good pleasure? You know that ultimately I can shine as a star. I can shine as the light in this crooked and perverse generation. It's all for the gospel and and for living out loud the the good news of Jesus Christ. And what is the good news? The good news being that. Jesus came and he died and he rose again and we can know forgiveness and we can know a savior um, 
And then, now that we know that, are we telling others about that? Is our life such a way that we're shining out that truth? Like we are saying before, not just, I got to be better at a better communicator at being able to like witness to my friends. Like I just need to have more faith to stand to say it. Yeah. That's part of it. But maybe, you know, our character like Timothy, you know, his track record, you know, his character that he was interested in, not for what he could get out of, out of the world for himself, but he was all about the furtherance of the gospel and toiling and working with Paul on that end, man. What if the church, had that motivation, had that divine power lighten up their light bulb, you know? Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't we be a, a, a light on the lampstand in our communities, in our generation? All right, that was Pour Me Out by PFR. Before that, you had Pour by Skillet, just talking about how Paul was willing to pour himself out like a drink offering. He sets up Timothy and says, he was willing to serve with me as a son would his father, getting involved in the furthering of the gospel, as Brent was talking about in the last segment. And then he he leads into chapter three with this guy Epaphroditus and just to kind of give you guys a teaser to come back next week and listen to the altar life for chapter three of Philippians he talks about how Epaphroditus was willing to lay his life down to work for Christ and that's what we're going to be talking about next week and until then be cool cats live for Christ the altar life music truth real period